The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Happy holidays from all your friends at Podcast One. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. This is Heather Dubrow from Heather Dubrow's World. Hey, it's Steve Austin from Steve Austin Show. Hey, this is Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana from Riggle's Picks. This is Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine. Hey, this is Kelty from The Lady Gang. Happy holidays from Podcast One. right into this because it is it is Christmas Eve and um, I'm hoping that no one hears me uh, I don't wake anyone up because it's uh, six in the morning here um, on the west coast anyways I was thinking let's do this uh, let's talk really briefly um, about what happened in week 16 and then just try and hit uh, whatever games matter in uh, in week 17 and maybe discuss some playoff stuff as we go Perfect. Cool, man. Uh, by the way, how's the family doing? Uh, my oldest threw up last night, but I don't think it was illness related. I think it was watching the Chiefs defense. <laughs> there was a lot of vomit going on. Uh, that, that defense was rough. Okay, so here's a question. Let's let's talk about uh, the Chiefs and the Seahawks for a second, because one of the things that we had discussed previously was – you know the Seahawks are good, but they, what they do is is not as sustainable, right? They they run the ball a ton. They run the ball in second long a ton. They did that again last night. Their defense on first and second down is the worst in the league, um, and and yet all those things fell into place. So, are you emboldened by that, or are you still nervous about the Seahawks? No, I, to me, I think last night's game turned on a few things, right? So the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I believe it was three field goals that they had to settle for. Um, they fumbled the ball on their own end, uh, you know, going into, you know, in the second quarter. Um, and the Seahawks made some terrific plays. Uh, every time I watch the Seahawks play, I'm always irritated that they don't let Russell Wilson throw the ball more because he's so good. Like you tweeted out last night, 40% of his over the shoulder passes are like perfect, Right. And so, like, to me, it's – and Chris Carson's a great back. You know, every time he runs the ball, I'm impressed by him and all that kind of stuff. But their offense could be so much more efficient. 
and and when they play games like they did last night, it makes me actually more frustrated that they don't play more efficiently because they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL slinging the ball around for them. Yeah, it's interesting. Their point is that running the ball protects Wilson more. In other words, you know, their their offensive line is is in a better situation to protect when they do pass and all this stuff. And, you know, one of the things that they cite a lot is, well, you know, if you read anything, it's right. Like Wilson got sacked six times in the first two weeks and we can't have that happen. And what I would point out is that they played at Denver and then at Chicago and they were driving to win in Chicago and Russell Wilson threw a pick six to Rashad Penny, who was running inexplicably a hitch route against a cornerback. So he was inactive last night, by the way. So, um, I think there's a lot of narrative that's built uh, in and around it. But here's the point, and this is why I think the Seahawks are dangerous. It has nothing to do with uh, the defense or the running game. It is exactly the point that I, that I, Chris and I were discussing prior to the game and that he, he, he just nailed this perfectly, I think. Throw for throw, Russell Wilson has been as good as any quarterback in the NFL this season and really since that week two gaff has been as good as any quarterback uh, on a throw for throw basis using PFF grade per throw. He more of his touchdowns are on positively graded throws on throws that have a below average uh, expected level of completion than any quarterback in the NFL. So it's a volume thing for him why he's not in the MVP conversation. They won that game last night because he was incredible. He picked up, I think it's four first down scrambling. He's been efficient doing that. He manipulated the pocket. He got rid of the ball quickly when he needed to. He didn't have a throw more than 20 yards downfield. To me, that's more indicative of why he's been protected than, um, then that you know the running game has been successful, but I do think it helps if you're going to run the ball a ton. It really helps to have a running back who's going to pick up three and a half yards after contact every time. Uh, so if you must have a running quarterback and have a guy that can pick up yards um, after contact, that Kansas City defense. How worried are you about them? Well, so it was interesting because last night they in a, they deactivated Ron Parker, who had been a starting safety for them every game. He was healthy, so they just like benched him. Orlando Skandrick was active and didn't play one snap on special teams or defense. They went with this, uh, this collection, like Chantavius Ward was one of their cornerbacks. And then they had uh, that Trayvon Smith, the sixth round pick from a division one double a school playing slot for Kendall Fuller. The the thought was that Kendall Fuller would play all week. And then I believe it, this is much just my opinion, but I think that when they found out that they could get the one seed just by beating Oakland next week, uh, I think that they started to experiment defensively. Um, and you know, they still got pressure last night. You know, they still, they still struggle stopping the run and it looks like that they're just trying to find answers in the secondary. And I'm not sure this is the time of year to do that. Um, you know, everything you said about Russell Wilson is great. And I think that the biggest thing that he did last night was he overshadowed what was again, another great performance by Patrick Mahomes. And it was great by Patrick Mahomes, but there was, there is an interesting, there's an interesting situation that happens for the Chiefs. They are the best team in start at starting the game. They have the most touchdowns on the opening two drives, most points in the first quarter, best yards per play on their opening couple of drives. They didn't score a touchdown on either of those two drives, and the last time that happened was on the road in New England, and they had to fight 
back uphill against a good quarterback in both those games. You're not going to win a lot of games when you are trying to chase another good quarterback. That is just a tough thing to do regardless of how good Mahomes is. And he missed Travis Kelsey, um, you know, and he missed uh, he in the game in New England, missed a couple of throws too. So it shows you the margin of error that Mahomes can have. He was He was great last night, and yet... You know, the couple of mistakes that he made, um, you know, were costly because of how bad that defense is. Okay, let's let's roll into week 17 here. We're going to do our best to hit all the, uh, the things that are meaningful. The Pittsburgh-New England game ended up deciding what would happen in terms of Sunday night for week 17. It was kind of a, a scatterbrained effort, people trying to figure out all the scenarios. We almost overlooked one, actually, which was that Houston-Jacksonville matters um, in, in that uh, if, if Houston loses, the winner of Tennessee Indy would have a better division record than Houston and would actually win the division. So as crazy as that is. Um, and, and so basically, Pittsburgh winning or losing determined whether we went uh, to Minnesota or to, um, to Tennessee. So to Tennessee we go. Um, and it, Pittsburgh losing was not to be not to be like a you know the the calls in that game were such that uh i don't know if they wanted to go to nashville or whatever but like the pass interference on camara the uh it was just it, the game was kind of a comedy of of, of errors by, by the officiating it, it seemed like and, and that it still came down to a juju smith schuster sort of like fumble um trying to get an extra yard when in, in the two-minute drill that seems uh, ill ill faded and then there was the, the fourth down fake punt that came up Roosevelt in short. celebration yeah i mean um it, it was the officiating was interesting from saturday onward i know terry mccauley who you can follow at snf rules on twitter the man holds pulls no punches and uh is the best ref that there has ever been. So if you want to know how officiating is going in the NFL, you can just follow my man, Terry. He just, he unloads, man. We were on, on Saturday night watching the chargers Ravens game. And you know, he is, uh, he, he was on an offensive PI warpath. Let's put it that way. So I, I think there's some, there's some question about that game. The interesting thing is Pittsburgh now can miss the playoffs and that, that is to the not right yeah exactly so i mean that that is a whole question in of itself is you know is tomlin in any way in jeopardy what do they do with that team obviously it's not love on bell's fault but uh chicago minnesota still matters because uh minnesota um needs to win to get into the playoffs i think um they need. They either need to win or have Philadelphia lose. Exactly, and Philadelphia plays. Philly plays Washington with the great Josh Johnson. So you'd have to figure Philly is a a decent favorite. I'll try and pull up the lines here. By the way, we're going to try and crush this in like the next twelve minutes. So um, <laughs> move quickly here. I don't know. Do you have you seen the line for that game yet? For Philly Washington. Philadelphia is six and a half point favorites as of you know last night about nine o'clock. So. I think, you know, the obviously the chances are that um, Philly gets the job done and then, 
you know, then it's up to Minnesota to win to get in, which is exactly why you paid Kirk Cousins 80. I, how many times are you going to hear that next week? The reason they paid Kirk Cousins 84 million guaranteed is to win games like this. Just to cross the 4,000 yard threshold? No, no, it's to win games like this, to win games to get you to nine wins to get how into happy the playoffs. Are you wow. that, how happy are you that you're not doing that game at, because of that? So I am because I think Tennessee Indy is like a more competitive game. But here's the tough thing. I, I guess we can talk about Indy Tennessee now. We haven't seen either of these teams. That's always tough. Chicago, Minnesota, there's familiarity. You can almost focus on what's at stake more. But um, I'm, I am nervous that Chicago will do something weird. They won't try to win the game. And that then Minnesota will be out there and Kirk Cousins will be battling demons that don't exist in the form of second string Chicago Bears defenders. And it'll just be, it'll be like watching, uh, not Rome, but like a really third rate Italian city burn. I, I tweeted out a, so in 2016, this was a similar position. The, the Washingtons were basically winning your in. Um, and they went to play the Giants, who I think believe I believe had their their seating. They were in the playoffs, where they had their seating basically fixed. Um, and what and the Giants played straight up. Um, and the Washingtons lost nineteen to ten to Eli Manning, who for that game took the next step. And and I tweeted it out because it was one of those like, you know, this is what you know, this is like vintage Kirk Cousins type of thing. And when the Vikings were down nine nothing to the Lions in the second quarter yesterday, uh, that was I found that that was kind of like a similar. Now they they turned it around, of course, um, but I, I can totally see the exact situation you're describing. So. I, I, is there another uh, what meaningful games do you want are there is there a point so in your mind so minnesota is minus six minnesota is minus six right now which would imply some level of un, like a projection that the bears are not going to not going to play everybody even though the bears with a win and a rams loss would get the two seed so uh, here's the thing. The Rams are probably not in, in huge jeopardy of losing. Um, so you would figure that, you know, they, they probably won't have that luxury. So I don't, you know, I don't think they play anybody, to be honest. I can't see it that they would. It, the only thing that can happen is Mitch Trubisky comes out there and is more inaccurate than he has been in the past. And uh, against Mike Zimmer defense trying to win, I can't imagine he's going to light the world on fire. So... San Francisco, though, to the you know, we joke about this all the time, but playing San Francisco is not the same as playing the Cardinals. Like San Francisco, they I think they deserve to be a nine and a half win underdog as they are, but there there was a zero percent chance the Cardinals would have beaten the Rams yesterday, but there is a non-zero chance that the Niners could put together an effort that would spoil the Rams. Uh, opportunity to get a buy, I think. Don't you, don't you agree? Yeah, you can't stop Mick Mullins. You can only hope to contain him and his 7.8 yards after the catch per completion, which is like a full yard better than Mahomes, who leads the NFL by over a half yard. It's actually comical how good Shanahan's offense has been that Nick Mullins is, is performing decently well. Okay, so um, it, here's my question to you. Are there any meaningful games that you see and you're like, Wow, I think there's actually intrinsic motivation here, and because of that, maybe this is a game worth considering. If I'm, you know, 
picking game. You know, if I'm trying to put together a set of five games, or I've got to pick them league or whatever. So, so here's one. I, I, honestly, so we talked and we gave out this pick on Friday. Jacksonville went into Miami and not only covered as four point dogs, but won by ten points. They won by ten points despite having getting a fumble recovery at the opponent's seventeen, and then ending up with a fourth and forty six on their own side of the fifty. Um, they still won. It's impressive. That 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 defense is still playing their players. Um, Nick, I believe Bortles entered the game again. I think he does give them a better chance to win than Kessler. Obviously, Houston here at home is an eight and a half point favorite. They're going to have all the motivation in the world because not only do they want to win the division, but if New England stumbles against the Jets, they would have the two seed. However, I do think Jacksonville could give them fits because for the, you know, for the very same reason that Philly did, which is they can pressure Watson and Watson if you don't, if, if you take away the play where Watson bounced off of four defenders on the same play and threw a dime to some tight end rando down the field, like they lose that game by a full touchdown and, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, so I do think Jacksonville could give Houston a game here. And I do think that that's at least a compelling look, especially with this line being over a touchdown. Yeah. And with Houston, you know, obviously wanting to win the division, you know, they're, they're going to play guys. I would, I would expect, I can't imagine they're just going to, give whoever wins Houston or sorry, Indy, Tennessee, um, the division. So I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, so it is really tough I, for me. I also to... think Cleveland Baltimore is a big one too, right? Obviously because Baltimore needs the win. If Baltimore wins, they win the AFC North for the first time since 2000 and gosh, a long time. Yeah. I, and, and uh, not even the Shabul year. And, and then they're five and a half point favorites. Cleveland, Cleveland's one of those rare teams that are a lot like San Francisco was last year where they're out of it, but you can, you can count on them to give a game effort every single game. Right. And so in that game, I do think you're getting, you're going to get regular, regular season football out of both teams. And, you know, Baltimore is this exotic team. We saw them on Saturday night. Um, you know, they, they play good, you know, their defense plays well, their running game and their, and what was key about the other day was Lamar Jackson made throws. So I, I do think this is going to be a compelling game as well. So those those are two where like one team needs it, but the other doesn't. But I still think the game will be interesting because the other team is going to play. Uh, the the, Ra- the Ravens are five and a half point favorites at home. So if you think about that for a second, you know that that is saying the Ravens are two and a half points, three points better than the Browns in a neutral field. Based on what everyone saw in Los Angeles on Saturday. It's going to be hard, I think, for people to disagree with that. Um, that being said, what side of the fence are you falling on? Yeah, so our numbers going into the week would have suggested, a, uh, just using ELO alone, that the Ravens are about a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this spot. So I think what I think what you're doing, honestly, people bet on the Browns for two consecutive years saying there was value there, there's value there, there's value there. And I think now that they're finally they're finally saying that, like, you know, they're finally like, okay, I'm going to get all my money back betting on Cleveland. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's wrong. I think the hype, the hype for the Browns is strong. I would probably lay off this one, to be honest with you, um, yeah. because Baltimore, as good as they looked, their variance is high because you know Lamar doesn't throw a ton, but his throws are important, and it's you know he makes some great throws, but those can also be some wobblers too. Um, we go back to go back to Jacksonville, Houston. What side do you like there? The eight and a half at eight and a half. I think I've got to go, uh, 
with Jacksonville. Um, I think that's probably moving down. I, I can't imagine it's not. Um, I think Houston has come back to earth. They played an easy schedule um, early. Uh, and I think this is, as you said, a game that Jacksonville comes out and they're like, look, we have a chance to ruin a team season. Doug Marone potentially coaching for his job. So I like, I like Jacksonville there. Let's talk um, a little bit about Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, because I think this one is somewhat intriguing. Obviously, there is no one in their mother that is going to take the Steelers to lose this game, right? They've got to win to get a chance of getting in, right? They've got to win and they've got to have Baltimore lose. Um, so 14 and a half. Cincinnati got in the back door last, you know, yesterday against the Browns. They were down, what, 26-3? And they were, you know, 10-point dogs. And they came back and cut it to eight. Uh, so, you know, this is a team that I think will at least try, uh, you know, and, and this being a 14 and a half point spread, I do think that there probably will be some appetite to take Cincinnati here. Um, here's a question about Pittsburgh, how they, they sort of strike me as similar to like Carolina and like the front runner kind of mentality. Right. Um, do they. I mean, do they understand the likelihood of winning the division here and just kind of play kind of an uninspiring game a la Seattle last year against Arizona in week 17? Or do they come out and win this game by 40 and let the chips fall where they may? Right. I think that's the interesting one. You would have to imagine that they, after what happened on this last week, the pride that they have on the offensive side of the ball. And that, that's where I come back to here. There are some really good Hall of Fame players on that offensive side of the ball that do not want to go quietly into that dark night. I would think that they try and score 60. (laughs) That's just my feeling. I I just think they come out at home. I, I do not expect the Pittsburgh crowd to not show up for this game. I have no confidence in Jeff Driscoll. So if 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 Pittsburgh puts up 50. I think they cover, <laughs> and so I think I'm, I'm tempted to actually take uh, the points here. Um, how 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 interesting is the NFL season in week? What was it six? Pittsburgh was on the road in Cincinnati. They were one or two point dogs. We picked them right. Cincinnati was literally one Antonio Brown touchdown away from basically being five and one with a tiebreaker over Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And now, like week seventeen, they're more than two touchdown underdogs uh, to that same Pittsburgh team. Crazy. Um, okay, there are a couple others that matter a little bit. Let's run through these real quickly. Jets at New England. Um, New England, I, I guess they do need to win, right? Because if Houston wins um, as well, actually, no, right? Because they do they have the same record now and New England has a tiebreaker? They have the same record now and, and by virtue of week one. Uh, Houston has, yeah, uh, New England has a tiebreaker. Right. So if if the if the Patriots can hold off the mighty Jets at home, uh, they Sam will, Darnold just been playing great lately, though. They will they will hold down the the two seed. Uh, Patriots favored by thirteen. Any thoughts? I mean, is this a better quarterback getting points situation here? Given how Brady's played lately, he was he was not great. He was <laughs> not great. Yeah, I'm not touching this one to be honest with you, man. I uh, I'm certainly not amped on Darnold covering on the road quite yet, but 
if there was a if there was a game where final score probably doesn't indicate the the play of the game, and we'll see this. Obviously, that's what PFF Elo does, right? Um, so we'll see where Elo lands on this because that was not a game um, where where the Patriots were inspiring. I don't think. Yeah, and I don't know. Last season it was kind of the same thing. New England was like sixteen to eighteen point favorites against the Jets in Week Seventeen. I think they covered barely. Uh, it felt a lot like last, yesterday's game where the New England got backdoored by Buffalo. Um, so I just don't want to touch this. I, I'm imagining New England um, gets the job done, but we've seen them in the past in Week 17 not do so. It's been mostly on the road, um, but this would be their, I believe, their something like sixth or seventh or ninth. I think it's ninth consecutive bye. So uh, it, anytime you can take your win probability in Week One of the playoffs to 100, percent you, you got to do it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Did we talk about Philly, Washington real quick? Washington, uh, terrible Philly needs to win for any chance to make the playoffs. Philly favored by six and a half points. Um, which side would you take? Well, so the uh, Philly on the road here. So they're, you know, they're talking, you're talking about a nine and a half point difference in teams, uh, here. So I'm also seeing seven now. So Right, so you're seeing Philly be bet up. Honestly, like, did you see the the drive? So we had Washington plus whatever the other day. Uh, ended up hitting barely because of that last touchdown. Um, and what was nice about Washington in that game was they took the ball with like 21 seconds left in the first quarter and held it until 2:30 left in the second quarter in one drive that ended in a, a Michael Floyd uh, touchdown pass from Josh Johnson. So you know that they can control the ball and like and. I, I while I would like for this to be sort of like multiple scores if I'm going to back Washington because of that, um, I do think it gives them a chance to make this close. Uh, but I don't know. And then the other thing to me is Nick Foles' trip. He threw like uh, Eagles record 471 yards uh, yesterday, but he can also have games where they like, you know, are terrible. So I, it just depends. Yeah, this one's a tough one because uh... – Foles got speared in the chest by Javian Clowney. I wasn't even sure if he was going to come back in. Made an incredible throw on that play, interestingly. But um, I, I'm not like sold that he's going to be 100%. That that really looked like he could have been hurt. Um, and it's on the road, and you know it's a it's a rivalry game. And so who just who really knows what the heck's going on in Washington? That's probably a more <laughs> Uh, a universal a, a statement. Universal statement. Than anything else? So I, I, these games are tough because it's just so hard to know the motivation of the other team. Um, San Francisco at LAR. You talked about this briefly. Rams are favored by nine and a half, ten. Appetite is on the Niners. I'm guessing. I don't know. It depends upon if CJ Anderson starts at running back or not. <laughs> I think that says all. Is there a bigger power know. move than wearing baggy sleeves and just rumbling? Let's bowling balling your way to like a hundred. What was it? 165 yards. Yeah. 105 after contact. He was generational. He is from a different generation and he was generational. And that's all you need to know about why Todd Gurley is not the MVP or was never the MVP of the NFL. Back last year that found himself on the street the next season. (laughs) Oh man. It's just, it's funny really, but people stick to their guns, which is even funnier. Oakland at Kansas City. Kansas City now 
because they have sort of stumbled their way down the stretch here while, in your mind, learning lessons that are valuable. Chris Chris said the exact same thing at the end of the broadcast last night, by the way. Okay, so to be fair, he was talking about the Seattle game playing in Seattle, which they have not they've not had to play in a place like that. I don't think he was talking about every other loss they've had this year. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt here um, uh, as your fandom is showing itself. I'm uh, wondering if there's even a line on this yet. I guess not. because I, I don't see it. Oakland, yeah. Oakland well, hasn't gotten trounced yet. Okay, let's move on. Arizona. Um, I don't know if there's a line on this one either because Josh Rosen got hurt. Did our ELO that? system would make Kansas City 15 and a half point favorites should that game yeah. be played. I've got to imagine that's about where it's at, right? Uh, Arizona, Seattle. I don't know if Josh Rosen's going to play. I don't know that it matters. I would guess at home, Seattle is probably close to a uh, you know twelve, thirteen point favorite as well. Uh, I'll throw another ginger in the mix so that you can get the ginger equation. Uh, that's true. You know, support on more than one vector. And then uh, the Chargers are playing at Denver, and of course, the Chargers uh, need a win there to get themselves into a buy uh, in, in, in many ways the sunday night football game last night put two games into play that weren't as i was preparing for the podcast i'm like well chargers denver and oakland kansas city could both be meaningless or they could matter you know and yeah. and, and it, it mattered you know because of the, the outcome of sunday night football and they, they both are meaningless to at least one team and so that that those will be at least interesting to monitor here's a question for you um are those so the Chiefs and the Chargers, they split. They beat each other at home. They're both very good teams. Is is the difference between these two teams literally who gets to play at home in the playoffs? Like, is the, Are the games that they play tomorrow as important, interestingly, as games they'll play all season? Or not tomorrow, but next week. I mean, I think so. I mean, because... We've always we've had this happen before, right? Like we've had Philly stumble down the stretch. We had, um, you know, New England at times not look as good uh, down the stretch of you know the season. Um, teams like you know the buy matters a ton, and like, having home field matters a ton. Like you're, I mean, just pro- probabilistically, if you take that first game from you know, let's say you're you're, you're New Orleans last year, you take your first game from seventy percent to a hundred percent, and then you still get that rest. That's worth like not only, you know, one win there, but also a point in the Vegas spread the next week. Right. And then and then when you're at home again, that's you know, you're going from uh, equal teams. You're that's a 14 point swing and win probability. Right. So like, you know, all these other things, I think, are, you know, obviously things that matter. The Chiefs defense has sucked all season. Right. The uh, Chargers have been good at everything all season. It, It just amounts to like. Where you know in a in a league where everything's razor thin, like those two things matter a ton. Now, because Kansas City is probably going to win, it likely won't matter. But what you're saying is glaringly true. If the Chargers were to go from having that buy uh, to all of a sudden you know having to play and then go on the road, um, that that basically cuts their their chance of winning the Super Bowl in half. And, um, you know, obviously they still have a great chance because they're a great team or great offense, I should say. Um, but that's just huge. So despite being 16 point favorites, I would expect, uh, you know, that Andy Reid and company goes all out, um, 
and then the Chargers playing in Denver. I almost like the Chargers playing on the road more because they have zero home field advantage at this point. And um, so I'm less worried about this. You this. didn't think the StubHub Center was raucous the other night? Yeah, yeah that's not what I thought. So it, what's interesting is I don't think this matters nearly as much for the Chargers. I actually think them being at home is just an excuse for them to be embarrassed. So um, I, I, I would say it's probably not that meaningful for the Chargers. I think their chances hinge really on just a Phillip Rivers um, extraordinary run, and I don't think home field helps them that much. Okay, let's. we've got one more um, game here. Indy, Tennessee, Mariota's injury means that there's no line out for this game. So here's my question. Does Mariota matter in this game? <laughs> yes. So, you know, we, we were watching the game, the Washington-Tennessee, and Mariota made a play that I think sums up his, you know, his value to the team, which is basically, you know, being pressured on a third down, being able to escape, pick up a first down with his legs, and, you know, extending a drive that way. They ended up scoring a touchdown there. Uh, I, you know, Gabbert was able to score the game-winning touchdown to Michael Pruitt, but ultimately, you know, you can tell the difference in their passing uh, efficiency, but even with Mariota not being like an, an average passer in the NFL, his legs just, I think, extend a drive or two every single game, and especially against an indie defense, which I think is good, but not terribly talented, uh, I think that, that would matter. Yeah, I wanted you to make, the, I was th- I was hoping that you were going to sc- flirt with it doesn't matter, but I am with you because I think the Tennessee team is bad, and if you're going to win as a bad team, you need things that are unstable to come your way. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so that's what it's got to be, right? It's got to be a guy who has more interceptions from a clean pocket than Marcus Mariota over the past two seasons. Having a, a decent game throwing the ball and then making some plays outside of structure that push you over the top. What would the line have to be here? The game is in Tennessee for you to take the Titans. Uh, so we make it with PFF Elo minus three, minus three and a half, which is surprising, but I think it's Tennessee or Indianapolis's priors are bad. Uh, to, for me to take Tennessee confidently, it would have to be Indy plus three and a half or sorry, Indy minus three and a half. I'd take Tennessee plus three and a half. Interesting. Uh, I would still be tempted there. I, the, the Indy quarterback, this is a playoff game and in playoff games, the quarterback and the coach are magnified, and I'm not I'm not really nervous about Andrew Andrew Luck on the road. I'm more nervous about Marcus Mariota at home, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh-huh. So, uh, I think three and a half is a good threshold. I might say it'd have to be four and a half for me, um, because I just don't see any way that Indy does not win this game. This has been a a a redemption season it, like the likes of which we really haven't seen many of for a guy well, since, since Ron Burgundy, <laughs> since Ron Burgundy, really, I, I think since, you know, maybe since Peyton Manning, you know, was thought to be done with the neck and he came back and, you know, pushed past the ball to the record books, but luck has been amazing. He's what's, 
what's incredible and what's great about it is that he was so good in 2016 from a clean pocket. And we talked about this. The only guy that was better in 2016 from a clean pocket was Tom Brady by PFF grade. And that was Tom Brady's best season ever. So Andrew Luck in any other season is the best quarterback from a clean pocket. We're talking about how that impressive that is. He comes back this year, 120 pass rating from a clean pocket. And the great thing about it is that he is getting more clean pockets. That is the key. You know, it's volume in good situations matters. It has mattered here for the Colts. Time to throw down almost half a second with Frank Reich. So what they have done together, I think, is perfect. Um, and I think the Colts win, uh, you know, by by three, four points. Yeah, and, and what's really interesting, what's really nice about the Colts here, um, they were obviously in a letdown spot here as nine and a half point favorites at home to the Giants. The Giants got out ahead by 14 a couple times. And the Colts came back and won, right? Got us Giants under, by the way. Uh, that was nice. But the the that being able to win in situations where like the spot is bad, I thought the spot was bad there for them. Um, it is is indicative of kind of a team that is going to do things, right? And so the only question I have is, after having to expend more effort than they thought they had to uh, against the Giants on Sunday, do they have any left for Tennessee? I would say the coach quarterback combination would imply yes. The, the interesting thing was that was sort of a trap game, and I, this is not a trap game. So I, I, I think this actually helps. I think people will, will consider that they almost lost to the Giants. I think it'll dampen expectations a little bit. Obviously, the Mariota injury is a bigger one. And here's the other thing. I don't think the difference in defense is there. <laughs> I think both defenses are you know yeah. below average, and therefore it doesn't matter. So uh, I'm going solely with the offense, the offense there. Uh, was there anything we didn't talk about? I don't think so. I think that this is going to be a fun week. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I think the Sunday night football game on week 17 might not decide a division, but will still be really compelling. It will matter, certainly for both teams. I'm excited to go to Nashville. Got uh, a list of places that serve hot chicken, ready to rock. In fact, Nashville has great food, so I'm pumped. And it's supposed to be like 65 degrees, which is awesome. Uh, let's get out of here on this. You have to pick one team to win the Super Bowl right now. Who is it? Take uh, take one guy, one team that's a favorite and one team that's a long shot. I guess I'm going to stick with my guns. New Orleans, quote Al. Um, my man. And uh, let's go. Is Indy a long shot? Yeah. They're a wild okay. card team. Let's do Indy. What about you? I like that. Uh, I'm not going to quote... I'm not going to quote the great Al here. I'm not going to take New Orleans, even though they're the odds-on favorite. Ah, it's so hard to take another team uh, because there really are no other teams that look that great. Um, and, the, and the Chiefs look so bad on defense. But here's here's my thought. Kansas City. You saw Pat Mahomes in the flesh last night. That's the, for, the, you know, for the third time, right? He's been impressive every time. Uh, I said I've, I've taken the Rams. I've taken the Chiefs. Um, I think those are the two that I, I'm going to stick with. I'm not that impressed with New Orleans. I'm going to go with Kansas City. I think they blow out Oakland. I think their defense on this in the secondary was really banged up uh, last night, and that that reared its ugly head. So I think they get home games, and I think they they make it to the Super Bowl um, somewhat more easily than the Saints do. And as my long shot, I'm going to take the Seahawks because I think Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson on a throw-for-throw throw basis should be in the MVP conversation with Mahomes and Breeze. 
you can't, you cannot dissuade me from that. He has been as impressive. He just hasn't yep. thrown the ball as much. And here's the thing. It, uh, you can be inefficient on second down. You can run the ball too much. Your defense can be a little fraudulent, but they have playmakers on that side of the ball. They have two good, really good wide receivers. Um, and Chris Carson is a guy that can make plays. And if you're playing in the playoffs, I have no doubt that they're going to give Russell Wilson the ball and then that he can do things with it. You know, they could play Dallas in round one. I have zero worry about them beating Dallas. No third string running back is a better pedigree than Sean Penny too. So <laughs> that's, that is super true. Um, all right, that is it. You are off. You're about to hit the road right now, so safe travels. Merry Christmas. And especially to everyone out there, uh, all 10 people that are listening, we appreciate you. Hope you guys have a happy holiday and a very, very wonderful Festivus because that's really what all of us uh, are celebrating. All right, we'll see you guys next week. We'll be on our regular schedule, so on uh, Monday morning. Um, early Monday morning, you'll hear from us all. Peace out. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.